Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Heko nai purangi te nei na te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Hi, and welcome to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower bonus episode. Uh, I'm once again joined by clinical psychologist Saab Jahal. Kia ora. Kia ora, James. Saab, um, you know, we're a New Zealand-based podcast uh, with a lot of international flavour. Uh, but for New Zealanders, we often talk, uh, when we talk about identity, about um, location, you know, not just Aotearoa, New Zealand, but what rugby province are you from? What city are you from? And then we'll get into like what ethnic background have you got? Like what's your community? We, we lock up a lot of things and what our identity is often. Um, but what happens when you are from multiple backgrounds and you, and you travel around uh, a lot, maybe because your parents work in the arts or, you know, do some other traveling job? What does that do to your sense of identity? Mm, it's really interesting, isn't it? You know, you get this with you know perhaps people whose parents have been in the services, say for example, mm. you know, and they've they moved, or, or you know, you've come from another place in the Pacific, or from Europe, or or or, or Asia as well. So I think one of the big things to understand is that identities don't just sit within you; they are created within the communities that you relate to as well. Right. So when you move to another place that's mm. away from your community, there's part of that identity that comes along with you. But some people don't feel fully alive until they connect with a community of origin in the mm. place that they find themselves in. And then suddenly they can express themselves in ways that give full, full voice to their identity mm. amongst people who understand and connect with them in that worldview or the way of, of being. Mm. Um, and so that feels much more fulsome for them. Why, why is that? Because that's definitely what happened to me. I, I felt very discombobulated as, as a mixed race Pacific British person. And then I went to Britain and I, I went to Wales to where my mother's family are from. And I met my relatives and I suddenly felt empowered and whole and able to speak. But I, I can't say I really understand why. Yeah, it's hard to articulate. You know, we, we know that um, children who are of immigrants often are able to um, move between different accents really mm. easily compared to those people who haven't. Mm. And part of that is around expressing identity. And often they don't know they're doing it. You know, often mm. it'll, it'll only be noticed by the people and say, hey, why are you speaking like a New Zealander? Why are you speaking like a Londoner? That's what happens to me, right? And I think that we do this anyway, right? We don't speak to our grandparents or parents in the same way as we talk to our mates down the pub. You know, if we mm. did, we'd be in severe trouble. I know that, that, <laughs> that, that that's for me anyway. So I think accepting that we aren't actually just kind of one person, um, but accepting our own complexity. Um, and, and I think that sometimes that that... Um, 
we feel that rather than are able to articulate it. And I think that that's what you experience. Somehow there was a fit there that may have been something to do with how you were parented and the stories that you were heard when you were little um, from your parents telling you about what it is that you grew up with, what they grew up with. And somehow it felt like it connected with you at a deep level, which you weren't necessarily aware of. Is that, um, you know, is, is that an important part of framing your identity or is it just an added bonus to have? I think having a broad identity spectrum is really healthy. Um, mm. And I think that if we do come from backgrounds that are diverse and we have a, a little bit of, you know, our parents were born in different places or we've moved to different places, then being able to connect with those different locations or backgrounds becomes really, really interesting and it, mm. it, it riches our experience. I think the dilemma that people run into sometimes and can be challenging is when we try to embody our multiple identities simultaneously, <laughs> all at the same time. And we feel like somehow we are performing and it feels mm. false. And it's like, it's almost like for an audience that we're doing this because somehow we have to demonstrate fluency. Mm. And I think that that's one of the things that can feel like a challenge for people who are moving perhaps from one community to another, or they have a, complex identity, which means that they belong to several different communities, is they feel like they have to perform mm. in order to be accepted, yet they perhaps don't necessarily have the fluency because mm. they haven't been immersed or they feel somehow disconnected mm. from their roots or, or part of their identity in some way. I remember going through, I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast, mm. going through a similar experience in my 20s. But really thinking about, you know, how do I reconnect with that part of my identity, but also feeling okay with, well, actually, that part of me is relatively unexplored. And it's okay if these people don't get that for now, mm. you know, I'm sure that there are others who do. And, and I think as it's emerged, you know, as my generation has grown up, there are many more people like me who struggled with that identity, but we just didn't know each other mm. at, at that time. I think part of my identity is actually traveling. You know, and so my parents are both immigrants to New Zealand uh, and, and most of my adult life has involved traveling. And, and it's sort of an ambition of mine to, to keep traveling. And I wanted to, to focus on that particular emotion of ambition um, because I'm, I'm not sure I really understand it as anything more than an intense motivation. But what, what, is, what does ambition actually do for our psyche? Mm -hmm. It's a great orienter, isn't it? It, mm. it sets, helps us to set a direction. And so we know which direction that we want to go in. You know, we have multiple choices perhaps available to us, but it gives us a, a direction of travel. And when our ambition is aligned with our, our values, you know, what mm. it is that we find important in our lives, but also what it is that we know. So mm. when it comes and it intersects with self-knowledge, um, with our values, but then is also setting us to expand and discover new things, you know, through travel in your example, that's in alignment with what we value and our knowledge about ourselves as well, then that becomes really, really exciting as a way of being able to stretch ourselves. I think where people can run into trouble with that is when they put pressure on themselves to achieve 
their mm. ambition. And so how do we measure progress in a way that our ambition becomes something of a stretch goal that continues to motivate us rather than makes us feel like we're failing? I think mm. then becomes the, the trick around how to have ambition in a way that is a, a positive motivation in our lives. Is, is there um, any danger in having no ambition? Because I, I have friends now, and maybe it is because you get to your 30s, and they've got um, the house, the family, um, the job. It's not the most exciting job, mm -hmm. but they, they, they are content. And so their ambitions um, are very are very small or, or, or kind of small things. Is there anything detrimental about that? Because I've always just thought of it as different philosophies. Mm -hmm. I think what's being revealed in, in recent kind of years is that it's not so much ambition, but purpose that seems really important right. in terms of looking after people's mental health. So you don't have to have a grand purpose, mm. right? You're not, you're not necessarily put on this earth in order to do a particular thing. That's not mm. necessarily the thing that I mean about purpose, but what's meaningful in your life that you are doing and is your lived experience every day that helps you to feel like, well, you know, I'm doing something that's that's important. And, you know, for some people, it might be, I want a low hassle life. That's mm. the really important purpose. I don't want to worry about my mortgage so much. I want a safe job. All of this stuff adds up to me having a purpose of having a stress-free life where I'm free to engage in the things that, you know, I can do as hobbies or pastimes. You know, that's a real... That, that's enough for many people. Others are driven by different purposes, which then changes their behavior. But I think having whatever your sense of purpose is, mm. is perhaps another way of framing ambition, right? It's like an ambition is perhaps tied to a particular thing, mm. whereas a purpose is perhaps, you know, I want to live my life um, in pursuit of this bigger, more, the thing that stitches everything else together. And I should say, I think my friends who have those lives have great lives, and I'm very jealous of being able to have that life. So I guess my final question is, uh, ambition, uh, can it be a, a bad thing in terms of when, when can you, how can you watch out that ambition is maybe not taking you in the right direction and taking you off course? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I've learned in my life, and I think other people may um, resonate with as well, is that when you are too focused on a sole ambition, it closes you off to opportunities for other things that may pop up along the way. So I think that one of the things to be aware of is by being solely driven by achieving or reaching one particular ambition, is there another life path that may be more suitable for you right now or into the future? Because I think one of the things that we do is that often we could have ambitions that we set at one stage in our lives, but they don't fit very well as we get older or move into another stage in our lives. So being flexible and, and holding it lightly rather than tightly is something that I would encourage people to do in order to make sure that the goals that you set yourself stay in alignment with what you need right now and in the near future, rather than thinking that your entire life is going to be driven by one particular ambition because you kind of close yourself off to other opportunities pretty drastically if that's how you go about things. Clinical psychologist Sab Jahal, thank you very much. Kia ora, James. Kia ora. Hold up. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.